Let's say you had a horrible, horrible fear of spiders, like full-on phobia, can't have one in the house, can't be within 100 metres of a spider, okay? And I said to you, hey, I've got a box here with a million pounds in or a million dollars inside and you can have it but you just need to stop being scared of spiders first. Now, you might say, no, I'm sorry, there's no way, or actually, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. Sure, give me my money. But when it actually came down to it, would you really have gotten over that phobia just like that? Probably not. Now, I'm not going to give you a million pounds today, I'm afraid. I'm also not going to give you a spider, but we are going to think how this relates to our dogs, especially when it comes to desensitisation work and socialisation with puppies. So stay tuned. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi and welcome back to the Letters from Your Dog podcast. Sorry if I'm a little bit more nasal than usual this morning. I have um, some pretty horrible hay fever going on so that's the reason for that. I will try and keep my voice as normal as I possibly can. So today we are talking about one of my absolute pet peeves when it comes to dog training and I'm going to give you the method that I use that's just a little bit different um, and that avoids some of the problems that we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be thinking about desensitization for dogs that have some anxieties as well as socialization for puppies. And believe it or not actually a lot of the anxieties that some adult dogs have come about because we have done socialization in just not quite the right way and it's not usually the fault of the dog owner or the dog it's because this term socialization has become a little bit twisted in society or in dog training society to mean something slightly different and that is something we're going to go into in some depth in a later podcast episode because it's something I'm very very passionate about but just briefly now the idea is that socialization is supposed to be about preparing your puppy for the world so that when they do experience new things that pop up whether it's sounds or sights or places or whatever it might be that they're kind of they're cool with it they're fine they feel comfortable and they're not frightened unfortunately a lot of advice online tends to guide new puppy owners to think that socialization is the same as exposure And so these poor puppies are taken to every single place and given to every single person and thrust in the face of every single dog. And unfortunately, what can happen there is something which we call flooding, which means that dog is totally overwhelmed by the environment. And actually, we end up creating the opposite of what we're trying to create. So we're trying to create a puppy that's happy and comfortable in new different situations. And what we accidentally create is a doggy, a doggy, a dog that fears new situations and new environments just because of that overexposure so that's how those poor pups unfortunately end up to develop some kind of problems as older dogs now just as a little kind of caveat I'm not saying that every single dog that as an adult develops some kind of anxiety had poor socialization as a puppy that's not the case sometimes genetics come into play there might be specific triggers or traumas that have happened and sometimes it just happens we don't always know why so there's no blame here I'm not finger pointing but it's just helpful if you do have a new puppy or if you do have an adult dog and you are working on helping them to feel a bit more comfortable in certain situations hopefully you will find this episode helpful 
Okay, so let's get into it a little bit. So what I often see, and this is again, we're talking broadly here. So we're talking about puppies and we're talking about anxious dogs. So let's say we're trying to get our dog used to a cardboard box. So this is a very, very common socialization or desensitization, confidence building, let's say exercise. And it's great. I definitely use it for my dogs and in training as well. And the idea is that when you get your dog to climb into a box, it maybe can be a little bit dark. Maybe the sides are up. It's a um, a cardboard texture under their paws. So it can be a really nice way if done in the right way of helping them feel a little bit more comfortable a little bit more confident so what we would do traditionally is we would take a food law let's say and we would put some food inside the box and we would try and encourage the dog to jump into the box now it might be that you flatten down one of the sides so they can see in which I would definitely recommend initially anyway and let's say the dog's a little bit unsure so they're kind of tentatively looking at the box and maybe looking at the food inside but you can see from their body language that they really don't want to go in there they're unsure and often what we do is we say come on come on pup come on let's go and we're really cheerleading them we're saying come on you can do it you can do it come on come on and that puppy is put in a real place of conflict because a for a lot of the time they want to please you they b really want the food let's say maybe you've got something really delicious in there like a bit of venison or something but conversely they really don't want to get inside that box there's something about it that's making them feel uncomfortable And so what often happens? Well, either the puppy backs away and says, no, no chance. Um, And we can use puppy and dog interchangeably in this episode. So it's applying to everybody. Um, Or what happens is they dart in, they grab the food and they back out again really, really quickly. And that usually gets a bit of a laugh from the owners or trainers like, oh, that's really cute. But actually that dog has been put into a conflict. And the best way of talking about this, the way that I like to describe it is something I call the glass building effect. So, you know those really tall skyscrapers um, and when you go to like, I don't know, the 40th floor or something, sometimes they have those glass floors so you can walk across a section and you can see all the way down to the ground. Now, (laughs) as someone who's scared of heights, and I mean, I can't even stand on a chair without my legs going a bit wobbly. No idea where that phobia came from, but it's always been the case. For me, that's scary. So if I'm up on the 40th floor and I see a little pane of glass that everyone else is walking across with no issues, I will walk around that pane of glass. I just, I know logically there's no chance or very, very, very small chance that it's going to break and I'm going to plummet to my death. But it's still, that fear is there. Now, let's say that there was someone on the other side of that pane of glass and they said, hey Holly, I've got a box here with a million pounds inside and all you need to do to get it is walk across that pane of glass or I've got a trip to Fiji for 10 people or just something really amazing, some amazing reward, something that I would find rewarding, okay? And I would probably do it, right? So I'd be like, yeah, I want a trip to Fiji or yeah, I want a million pounds. So I'm going to force myself to walk across that glass. Now, some people's method of choice might be a very slow creep. I know for sure that mine would be a very scattered run. So I just run across, get it over and done with as quickly as possible to get to my reward on the other side. Now, I am no less frightened of heights. I am no less worried that that pane of glass glass could break beneath me. However, 
I've done it because I wanted the reward on the other side. So I haven't learned anything. <laughs> I'm certainly no more confident, but I've just done it for the reward, right? And that's exactly what's happening with our puppies and our dogs. So when we put that pressure on and we force them to go inside a box or to go up on a platform or whatever it might be, to stand by an A road if they're scared of traffic, and we're just giving them food, if they'll even take food in that moment, because some anxious dogs won't take food, but that's a different conversation it's that conflict so what do we do differently it's really simple you just want to think about taking the pressure off so we're going to put our cardboard box in the room we're going to come in with our dog we've got some really nice high value treats we're going to go nowhere near the box we'll just have a casual walk around we're going to be praising them verbally if the dog so much as looks at the box we're going to go yeah amazing dog and we're going to throw the reward behind the dog away from the scary box so they don't have to go anywhere near it to get that reward and what that's doing is it's giving them a double reward because a they get the food and b they get more distance from the scary thing therefore it becomes less scary so then next time they might saunter towards it they might put a paw towards it wow amazing dog again throw the food behind them what starts to happen is the dog makes that association between some kind of interaction with the object and being able to move away from it and getting rewarded for it it also gives you some information because if that dog absolutely i'm going nowhere near that box no chance in hell (laughs) which is their right then you get to listen to that and what i would be doing in that situation is i would be at a comfortable distance where my dog is happily mooching around and i'd be playing some food throwing games i'd be playing some toy games i'd be interacting with them all the while ignoring the box but it's still there it's still in the vicinity and what starts to happen then over time is that that dog doesn't see the box as a scary thing anymore it's just something normal that's always there and then they will start to interact with it so you always always want to take that at your dog's pace it's not something that we want to put pressure on and make it so they have to decide oh do I do this scary thing just because I want the reward at the end of it it's far more rewarding <laughs> to be given the food for just interacting with it even even looking at it let's say and then making their own choice and their own decision and what will start to happen as well is your progress will be much speedier in in most cases because the dog is a under scary 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 threshold and b making their own choices and we're rewarding them for those choices so if you are working on socialization with a young pup or you are working on desensitization with a puppy or with an older dog just think if you can use this technique to make your training a little bit easier on you and your dog because let's not forget we get frustrated too so if you've just spent 15 minutes trying to bribe your dog into a box and they're having none of it or they're darting in and then really scared and running back out again we start to feel frustrated too and then the progress doesn't go anywhere because we give up (laughs) we're only human at the end of the day so just imagine if you can't think of it in the way that I've just described think about the last time that you were really scared something really frightened you and it could have been something as simple as a dream (laughs) a scary nightmare or it might have been something that happened in real life maybe you nearly stepped in front of a car or something like that and you get that proper heart thumping moment stomach drops very very frightened that's often the position that we're putting our dog into when we try and force them to do something by using food as a bribe so 
in that situation where you felt absolutely terrified, would you want someone shoving food in your face? Probably not. You just want to get out of there. So give your dog that option, basically. Let them lead the way and then you'll start to see some progress with your training much, much quicker. Okay, so we covered a lot today, but I have got two goodies for you, depending on where you are in your training journey. So if you are someone that does have a young puppy or a slightly older, let's say COVID pandemic puppy, then do make sure you jump in and join me for my upcoming training seminar, which is all about where to get started and how to progress with your puppy training. You can get the link for that below in the show notes. If you don't have a puppy anymore, but maybe you are working on a little bit of desensitization work like we've spoken about today, do be sure to get on the waiting list to join my amazing monthly training membership, Canine Connection. We have loads of people and their dogs in there who are working on desensitization work and making so much progress, but we only open up a few times a year. So if you would like to be the first to know when we do open the doors again, do make sure you jump into that waiting list. Again, you can get the link for that in the show notes. And in the meantime, I might send you a couple of little things once you're on that list just to get you started so you can start to make some progress. Speak soon.